welcome to Our Parents Did What? A Tour of the Parenting Perils of Yesteryear. I'm Diane Aragona. And I'm your co-host, Jen Tierney. Join us as we travel back in time to take a look at the sometimes unbelievable history of parenting. I don't know about you, but I want to hear some mom moments. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this past weekend... It's a, it's we're in colder colder weather. We're not in the summer months anymore. And so inevitably, even with masks on and even with all of the, you know, precautions we're taking, kids who are in daycare are going to get ill. And over the last few weeks, there's been just like this crazy outbreak of hand, foot and mouth disease oh, in our area. Oh no. Just like crazy outbreak in in like all of Massachusetts just everywhere. And I didn't know about it. So I wasn't being particularly like like extra cautious. Also, if you have a two year old and they're in daycare, there's literally nothing you can do. If it gets no. into the daycare, they're getting it. That's it. There's not there's nothing you can do. And it doesn't really it, it's uncomfortable. But aside from that, like there's no, it's a pretty simple basic illness that kids get over pretty quickly. Yeah. So he came home with a runny nose on like Thursday, and by Sunday he had a fever, but it was like. A low, it was like 100.3, like it was low. Not too bad. And by the morning, the fever was gone and he looked fine and he seemed fine. I sent him to school on, so we had off on Monday, sent him to school on Tuesday, seemed fine. He comes home from school on Tuesday. I take off his mask, his whole <gasps> mouth, oh, no. his hands, his feet are just covered in, in oh, spots. No. And I was like, oh no. And they must have not seen it or noticed because it. Because of the mask. <laughs> oh, no. So I had to keep him home and brought him to the doctor. And the doctor was like, he's fine. He had a really mild case, so it was fine. But it was like all on his butt. Oh, <laughs> no. Like, you poor thing. It gets on their butt? It's an intestinal disease. So, yes, they can get it on their butt. So it's like a digestive system disease. Um, so, but it cleared up from him pretty quickly. He didn't have it like it wasn't in his mouth and his throat, which is like when it gets bad, they get it in their throats. I've heard that's really bad. I've heard that's really bad for adults. Like if, yeah. you, catch, if you catch it from your kid, it's like strep throat times 10 if you get it in your throat. Yeah. So it's good to get it when you're a kid because like I had it and I think Joe had it when, when we were children. And so I think that you – there's not a – high likelihood that you'll get it as an adult if you've already had it. So I don't think I ever had it. All of my kids have had it and I've never gotten it as an adult. So like, oh, knock all the wood. Don't ever mm. want it. It looks so miserable. So we so we had some hand, foot and mouth. That was a lot of fun. He still has a little bit, but we're we're getting through it. Now do you have to keep him home until all the spots clear up or until the fever's gone? Yeah, it's it's seventy two after seventy two hours after the fever is gone. Okay. The fever was only you know, for a few hours on Sunday, he didn't have any fever on Monday and Tuesday. He didn't have one. And I sent him because I didn't think anything was wrong. Yeah. Oops. Oh, wow. But the doctor made a really good point when I went in. He was like, you know, he's he's probably not contagious anymore. And even if he is, he got it from the daycare. So it's not like he's right. bringing new germs in. And I was like, very okay. true. <laughs> That's fair. Very, very true. Those germs are already there. Doesn't matter if you send them in. It's like, OK, thanks. <laughs> So. Listen, there's only so much you can do as a parent. Like you're doing your best. I am indeed. I I believe that pretty firmly. Yes, <laughs> I'm doing solidarity. My best. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a quick one. Okay. So, Jen, I'm really flip flopping on the potty training thing. I'm been. I've just been really, really bad about it. 
It's bad, I know. I I decide that I'm going to do it and then I chicken out and I just, I don't, with everything going on in life and, and work right now, I just don't have the bandwidth for like one more thing. Like I literally feel like my anxiety level is so high that if I take on one more thing, I will actually explode. Yeah. So I just I just keep putting it off. But we have the potty like in the bathroom and she does sometimes show an interest in it. And lately she'll say to Chuck or me, like, I want to sit on the potty. So and she's like, take off my diaper. And we're like, yeah, like um this is great. And she'll sit on it and do nothing. Yeah. You know, but she'll just sit. But her new thing that she's been doing <laughs> is she I think she has to poop. So I'll say to her, do you want to sit on the potty? She'll sit on the potty. She's excited to sit on the potty. And then she'll just fart a lot, like really <laughs> loudly. And then she'll turn to me and she'll go, I pooped. And I'm like, no, you didn't. That's a boof, kid. You farted. <laughs> and she was she was like, yeah, I farted. And then I was – and then that's it. And then she just likes to sit on the potty and fart. <laughs> Like loudly, but she's. But what's good about that is that she's. She at least understands like things. Things, even if it's just air, is being expelled from my body, and I sit on the potty for when that's happening. Like I, I wish guess. my children would sit on the potty when they have to fart instead of doing it like at the dinner table <laughs> or while we're like all snuggled under a blanket together. I'm like, Ugh. the potty training woes are are real, and like Liam. I mean, Liam and Rainier are like nearly the same age. Yeah, and. Liam says he wants to use the potty. We put him on the potty. He does nothing on the potty. He announces frequently. He comes in. He looks at me. He goes, I'm pooping. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, are you actively pooping right now? And he's like, yeah, pooping. And so I'm like, okay, let's go sit on the potty. He's not pooping. And he doesn't poop when he gets on the potty. Like, I I don't know if he's confused about what pooping is. So there's that. But also Joey, who is five... Five years old this morning decided he was going to pee standing up, which he sometimes does and usually does okay. Like, I frequently now sit down on the potty and sit and pee, but like, he's getting better. But this morning, yeah. he just peed a, a literally around the potty on oh, the floor. No. And I was why? like, why would you do that? And he was like, it wasn't me. I was like, don't, oh. don't, don't. Well, who else was it? <laughs> It wasn't daddy. It wasn't mommy. It definitely wasn't Emma. And Liam can't do that yet. So. Yeah. Nice try, kid. And he was just like, well, and his his excuse when we like, we grilled him on it a little bit. And his excuse was like, I just couldn't get it to stay straight. It was going all over the place. <laughs> we're like, okay, man, that's fine. Just clean it up. Next time, oh just my like, God. leave it right away or tell us. Don't just yeah. like leave mystery pee on the floor. <laughs> So, like, don't worry. Even when she's five, there'll still be weird pee and poop stuff. I just, like, I just don't want to do it. We, like, we we did the big girl bed. That was fine. Like, we moved her to a toddler bed. We got, we ditched the passy completely cold turkey. That was, that was way easier than I thought it was going to be. The potty training, I'm just, like, it's probably mostly me, but I just don't want to deal with it. Well, I, I will say that if you are not ready to do it, 100% 100% do not do it. That's what everybody keeps saying. Yeah. If if you show like the slightest emotion regarding the potty, it's going to like the whole thing falls apart. It's like 
game over. Yeah. Every time I show any sort of like anxiety or or anger or anything about like, ah, it's another accident or, you know, whatever. It just like it just sabotages the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to be like at a place mentally where you can completely disconnect yourself emotionally from the potty. (laughs) Dude, that's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. All right. It was real hard. I think I'm just going to need to take like a month off of work. No. I don't know. It's probably only, only. Really like like five or six days, but it's like, but it feels like a month. <laughs> I mean, I just waited until they just got it on their own with the first two. And with Liam, I was like, I'm going to do it different this time and really yeah. train him when he's due. And then like two came and I was like, I'm not ready. No. <laughs> I can't no. do this yet. No. <laughs> We are going to talk about how playgrounds are different today, and a lot of the main ways they are different are safety measures and accessibility and basically just making sure that there's a place for all children to play. So so we'll get into all of it. But I remember from us growing up in the 90s, all the playgrounds were made of wood, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least they were around me. And yeah. I remember my favorite playground was the creative playground in Nutley. And it was like, it was all wood and it was like a pirate ship and like all this cool stuff. And then on the floor was wood chips, right? And now I take Reedy to the playground and I think to myself, like, I could never imagine letting her run around on like these rickety wood structures with like wood chips just to like break her fall. But anyway, we'll talk <laughs> about how all of that changed. So- mm-hmm. According to the uh, National Program for Playground Safety at the University of Northern Iowa, more than 200,000 people are sent to the emergency room with playground injuries each year. And that's like a modern statistic. Oh, my God. Did we Uh say 200,000? 200,000 every year. Oh, that's a Mm -hmm. lot. Yes. Um, But luckily, as new equipment comes out and playgrounds keep changing, which I feel like in the last five to 10 years, they've really started changing playgrounds. we have now more stringent guidelines, strict regulations, and um, different things that are making playgrounds safer all the time. So just a couple more stats for you. Um, uh, Roughly 15 child fatalities occur each year from playground equipment. So only 15. When you think about it in the whole country. Yeah, it's pretty low, but still like, oh gosh, that's a terrible day. (laughs) I know. But you got to wonder like, how? I don't know. Yeah. But anyway- 200,000 emergency room visits from playgrounds. Um, 79% of all playground injuries involve falls, which is probably why they were banning climbing equipment for a while. Yeah. Falls also account for 90% of the most severe playground injuries. Yep. And 58%. Oh, wait, this tells me the answer. I didn't see this before. Mm-hmm. 58% of all playground fatalities are due to strangulation. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Is that like from other children? No, no, no. It's probably like a like, oh, like rope climbing in... thing. Yeah. Like like those those like climbing nets. Oh gosh. Right. Oh, that's awful. I missed that stat the first time I was looking at all the statistics. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um in 2010, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, which we know from our rock and play episode, mm-hmm. yes. um, They released the Public Playground Safety Handbook, which developed specific guidelines for playground equipment that had to be followed for parks and schools and like daycares and childcare facilities. I actually downloaded the PDF. It's 
huge. Wow. It's it's this like giant handbook and it's very like meticulous and it's got like an, an index and appendix of like it's basically four facilities of like this is what you have to do, this is what you should have, these are the regulations you have to follow. It's really interesting, very dense. Yeah. So clearly we have a lot more regulations now than we did. <laughs> back in the day. So let's talk about some of these regulations that currently are in place to make sure that we have less playground injuries and fatalities. For one, modern playgrounds are much softer Mm -hmm. (laughs) in many ways. No more galvanized metal, no more wood for the most part. Everything is plastic. They have those bouncy like floor things. I don't know what that's called exactly. Oh, it's like it's like a rubber compound yeah. or something yeah a, a lot something. of ours locally actually are wood chips still oh really? and i know this just because my children love to eat wood chips <gasps> not currently but like oh. when they were each like one to two years old if i brought them to a wood chip covered playground wood chips in the mouth for every single one of them I know. We only have one wood chip playground. It's actually the closest playground to our house. It's very small, but only one near us still has wood chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got a lot of wood chip playgrounds. So, yeah. which is fine. They like, they've never gotten hurt on a wood chip playground. So, well, wood chips are better than like concrete or asphalt or even grass, right? So, that used to be what playgrounds were. It was just like, concrete, but no more. So we have like the rubber mattings. Some even have sand now um, so that if kids fall, they just fall into sand because as we know, falls are the number one cause of playground injuries. So they want a nice soft place if they fall off that high climbing apparatus to land. The other cool thing about playgrounds now, which I'm sure you've noticed, is that they are built for specific age groups. So have you ever seen, and I think it's a regulation now, like on playground equipment, it'll say like, this equipment is made for children ages two to five. Yes. Or this is made for children ages five to seven, which my daughter never follows. No. But like, at least it's there. So you as a parent know like, maybe I should watch her more on this part because A, it's going to be bigger equipment, but B, it's going to be bigger kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I There are a couple playgrounds by us that have- they have like three or four different things inside mm-hmm. of the enclosure and each one is for a different age group. And my kids are just like, I play on all of them. I know. It's it's hard because then I, I want to say to Emma when she's on the two to five-year-old one, like, hey, this is for much littler kids, so go slow on it. And, the, you know, and with Liam, he's on like the big like seven and up ones. And I'm like, oh, Liam, this is very high. You know? <laughs> I know. And and they don't care, but at least in, in our favorite playground, the big kid part is separated, but there's like this giant like planter in the middle. Oh. So if I can like corral her, if we come into the entrance that's by like the little kid one, she doesn't always see it right away. Yeah. But she usually will make her way over there. Um, but the other cool thing about um, the way they design new playgrounds with like different areas for different kids is that they're creating distinct play areas for the children at that developmental stage. Yes. So equipment for like the young toddlers encourages crawling and standing and exploring your surroundings. Um, and it doesn't have the like more advanced features of the older kids' playground area, which has like balancing, right? And like climbing and overhead rings and sliding poles. It doesn't have all that stuff, which is 
really what you want older kids to be encouraged to be exploring. Yeah. So it, it's more developmentally appropriate mm-hmm. for age groups. Absolutely. The other thing is that modern playgrounds are just made better mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because we know what we're doing now. Um, we have no more metal. We have no more lead painted fixtures, uh-huh. no splinter-prone wood. Um, they used to treat some playground equipment with arsenic. Oh, God. I guess like the wood and stuff so it wouldn't splinter. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but but the newest guidelines for playgrounds advise using plastic, and if any metal is used, it should be coated metal so that you avoid burns on hot days. Oh, yeah. And you want to always use rot and splinter-resistant wood. If I could give one tip to any new parent when it comes to playgrounds in the summertime or really anytime, because we sometimes go to playgrounds in the winter. We do too. Keep towels in your car. <gasps> Such a good tip. Just keep a couple towels in your car because if you go and it's in the early morning and there's dew on the slides, you just have to go go down the slide one time on a towel and it wipes mm-hmm. it off it's fine or if it's really hot out they can slide down on the towels and they don't get burned because even plastic slides if it's right in the sun like it's hot it can get real hot so like we i don't always remember to do it but when i do i have a better time <laughs> yes i am never the prepared parent but my my friend eileen she always has like a towel or something so we often go to a playground together so she'll always be the one to like wipe it down and then everything's good but i'm always like god i should have thought of that Yep. Yeah. We always have like a car blanket. Um, So sometimes I have to use the car blanket. Yeah. Like, oh, I've got desperate times. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other cool thing that I found was that um, modern playgrounds encourage more mindfulness than playgrounds of of old. Mm -hmm. So obviously with the dawning of helicopter parenting, which Mm -hmm. we did a whole episode on, um, active supervision is a major factor in preventing injuries, um, we now know. So it is helpful in certain situations in such as playgrounds because you can prevent your child from either falling or hurting another kid. Um, So modern playgrounds are actually built and designed to have good sight lines so that parents can see what their children are doing. And when you have like, like you know, the tubes that the kids can go through, mm-hmm. they're supposed to have in holes in them or they're supposed to be clear now so that you can see what's going on. Yeah. They're supposed to be designed specifically so that even if a parent isn't right there, they can see what's happening to prevent any types of injuries, which I thought was really cool. It kind of promotes parents watching. You don't have to run around. You can see yeah. what your kid is doing. I know I, because – for me, I I don't like being right on top of my kids when they're playing. I want to give them that space. But at the mm-hmm. same time, especially especially during the pandemic and especially when we go to a playground and there's other kids there, I feel like I have yeah. to be right there because my kids are really, really friendly and some other parents don't want my kids right on top of their kids. And so, so I feel like I have to be closer than I usually do. But when they have that, you know, like I never thought about why there were holes in the tube at our playground. That makes so much sense. I literally thought it was just so the kids could like peek out. <laughs> like, so did I. I. I thought it was for them to be like, hey, yeah, it's me. You know, like, no. It's, yeah. Yeah. It also comes in those holes come in super duper handy when it's time to leave. And I need to get my hand on my kid to be like, we're going now because <laughs> like, they want to hide in that too. Right. I'm like, you can't hide in there from me. I can see you. Forever. 
They're like, I'm going to live in this tube. I'm going to die in this tube. This tube <laughs> and me, the best friends forever. Just like, get out of the tube. Yep. <laughs> the other thing that, that is very important is that modern playgrounds have gotten rid of all of that dangerous equipment, that some of which you had discussed mm-hmm. um, in your portion, but you will not see, which I thought of this like when I was doing the research, it hadn't occurred to me before that you used to see merry-go-rounds in playgrounds. Yep. You don't you will not see them anymore, at least not in that type of design because they're very dangerous. Yes. You won't see trampolines. You will not see seesaws without springs. Mm-hmm. Which didn't dawn on me, but it's true. They don't make regular seesaws anymore. Yeah. They have to have the springs. Yep. And you won't see multiple seat swings. So you talked about the swing with the two yeah, seats the that you said, oh, you wouldn't that be cool? Apparently, it's very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. There's a playground actually near us. It's There's a, a a beach near us called the Dane Street Beach, and it has this swing that like every time I see it, it blows my mind. It's a modern playground, so it's but it's it's got a, a, a regular like plank seat swing on one side and then like across from it on the same, you know, swinging motion thing mm-hmm. is a baby seat. So oh. you can sit and swing and your baby is like, and, and they, they don't get close to one another. Like they're, they're fixed. So you're swinging and you're using your momentum to like, and, and the baby is swinging at the same time. It's it's very cute. I've done it a few times with my kids, but it's the only time I've ever seen a swing like that. I'll have to see if I can look it up to to send a picture. Interesting. It's it's very it's very interesting and really hard to get your kid in and out of. <laughs> well, it's got. I'm curious. You feel safe when you're on it? Like it doesn't seem like. So the way that it works is there's a there's a a point at the top where it's connected to the the like rod at the top right and, mm-hmm. and that is the only part of it that is flexible the rest of the thing okay. is all like st- like steel. sturdy like it's sturdy and and where the baby is and where you are in relation to one another does not change it's okay like, yeah so but it's it's very fun for a baby they're just like we're swinging and they're just like so excited because oh, they that's usually cool. swing and you stay still but now you're swinging like right. along with them so it's kind of cool but wow yeah Nothing like that anywhere near me. (laughs) (laughs) If only. So you can find us online in many places. We are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We are always at OPDW Podcast. You can send us email at OPDWPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to give us a review on whatever podcast listening platform you use, we're always thrilled to get those. They really help people find the show and they just fill our hearts with so much love. Yes. And our music is by Theo Rosenberg. So thank you, Theo. Thank you, Theo. All right, Diane. Until next time. Always remember to bring a towel. Nobody likes a soggy bottom.